morning, everybody. Nice to see smiling faces in the house. I can't see whether you're smiling at home, but I hope you are. It's a great day today. The sun is shining. God is good. He's with us. He's for us. He's not against us. And there's so much that I want to share with you this morning. We're in a month where in May we're looking at made for. Made for. What were you created for? What were you created for? He is the potter. We are the clay. And there are things that come to shape us. There are things that come to make us. There are things that come in our lives that truly touch us and truly change us. Maybe you've had a moment this week where something came and changed you in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And so I really want to challenge us in this series of looking at what we're made for. This week I want to look at made for history or made for his story. I want to encourage everybody this morning to make his story your story. You know, there are times when you get to have a chat with someone. I know in COVID times, maybe it's on a screen, but we have chats with people, don't we? We have a conversation with people. And as we have a conversation with people, eventually people get round to the things that they're passionate about. If you're passionate about something, if you're passionate about football, eventually football will come into your conversation. If you're passionate about your grandchildren, eventually photos will come out, stories will come out, and you will tell us about your grandchildren. If we're passionate about Jesus, then eventually a story will come out. We don't have to put it to the front. We don't have to have an agenda of saying, I want to bring Jesus into every conversation. I believe if we're loving Jesus and we're part of his story and his story becomes our story, then truly what we can say is that his story will arise. Something will come out. Think about a conversation you had this week. doesn't matter with who. Just, just focus your thoughts for a few moments. Just rewind the week and think about someone you had more than a five-minute conversation with. Over coffee, over, over the table, over a screen, over the phone, but you had a conversation. What did you end up talking about? Was it good? Did you bless somebody? Was there a sweet fragrance around the conversation? We used to have a young man who li- used to live in our house many years ago. His name was Ian. And when he went out, um, sometimes he lived in the top floor, and he'd come down the stairs, you'd hear him coming down the stairs because he was always in a hurry. Um, and when he came down the stairs, there, there would be a bang and the front door would, would, would shut to and he'd be off, he'd be out somewhere. And sometimes I knew where he was going because of the fragrance that he left behind. Because he'd put some aftershave on or some nice smelly stuff and he left a fragrance behind. And it's not a case of meeting someone special. What kind of fragrance do we leave behind? when we talk with people about our story. And please, I don't want you to think that stories are always made up. I think sometimes we can go, okay, I want to tell you a story. Was that Max Bygraves? Am I getting the right story there? I want to tell you a story. But um, I want to tell you a story. Most of you know I've taught in Papua New Guinea for a number of years, and my fav- I want to go back a long, long, long way. I want to go back to when I was 11 years old. I went to Maidenhead Grammar School, and my, my form teacher in my first year at Maidenhead Grammar School was a guy called Mr. O'Connor. As you might have guessed from his name, he was Irish. He had an Irish accent. And he stood up at the very first uh, class we had with him, and he said, 
guys, because it was a boys' school, he said, guys, if you work for me, then we'll do something fun together. He said, so he was going to teach us English. And he said, if you work hard, do all your homework and, and keep focused in the lessons, for seven out of the eight periods, we'll do what I want. And then in the eighth period, we'll do what we want to do. You know, that stuck with me. And, and we, we behaved ourselves. We sat up straight. We paid attention. Uh, we, we did all of our homework because we wanted to be able to do something together. And so we, we did, first he said, well, you show me that you're going to be honoring to this. And then once you've honored that, then he said, then we'll pick what we're going to do. And we, we were good students for two weeks. And he got to the end of the second week. He said, okay, you've been great guys. Thank you for working with me. He said, what are we going to do with our eighth lesson this week? And he made some suggestions. And we ended up reading a book by a guy called J.R.R. Tolkien. It's a book called The Hobbit. First time I'd ever been introduced to J.R.R. Tolkien. And each, each week in our eighth lesson, we as a class read together The Hobbit. And uh, you know, that's where my love of J.R.R. Tolkien came from. I've got, I don't know how many copies of J.R.R. Tolkien books on my shelf. Started there at 11 years old. But here's the thing. Okay, the passion for J.R.R. Tolkien started there. Do you know I learned a lesson? I learned a lesson that you can win people's hearts and you can do things together and you can go places and you can create a story. And so when I was a teacher, uh, how many years later would it have been? Uh, 12, 13 years later, uh, I was teaching this class and I was a maths teacher. And I said to the students, and remember this was in Papua New Guinea, so their, their view of the world was very different to yours and mine. And so I said to them, and you might hear a familiar phrase here, if you work for me, and study hard and do your homework for seven out of the eight lessons I'm going to teach you this week, then on the eighth lesson, we'll do what we want to do. Do you know what? They were brilliant students. They were brilliant students anyway, but um, you know, they, they really did work very hard. And we got to the eighth, and I said, what do you want to do? And he said, we want you to tell us stories. We want us to use it. Every week, we want you to tell us stories. I said, okay, in the week, as we go through our lessons, we'll collect things that you don't know about, and we'll write them up on the corner of the board. And then when we get to Friday, we'll look through these stories. I want you to think about this. Now, I was the maths teacher. Where do stories come from maths? How on earth was I going to connect stories with maths? But here's the thing. One of my, I think it was the third week I was there, I was teaching about speed and velocity. And we got some stopwatches out. We went out in the sports field. And we measured out 100 meters. And then we got each student to run the 100 meters, and we timed them. And we worked out the average. We worked out the slowest and the fastest and the average. And then I made this comment. I said, okay, and an Olympic runner would do it in this time. And they said to me, because they called me Brother David, they couldn't understand why I was single. Um, but they, they said, Brother David, um, what's the Olympics? You know, what do you mean by an Olympic runner? I wrote it on the board. And then we spent time talking about the Olympics. And I often talked about my friend Jesus. And often, not because I said anything, I would just drop it into a conversation. I would say something like, you know, um, God, God, God created the world and he sent his only son for us. And they would say, tell us more about that. I'd write it up on the board. And so I told stories. I told stories again and again. I want to encourage each one of us to have some stories in our back pocket. Have some stories ready. If you don't like the word stories, then replace it every time I say it this morning with testimony. Your story. Because that's what a testimony is. A testimony is where something you've seen, something you've evidenced. If you go to court 
you stand up and you're a witness to something and you declare and you, you make a statement as a witness. You make a testimony. And so what have you seen? What have you heard? What happened this week? What story happened to you this week that you want to share? Most of the readings that I'm going to read this week are in the message version. That's because um, Eugene Peterson uses the word story many times. So Matthew 13, verses 10 to 21. The disciples came up and asked, why do you tell stories? He replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift. This insight has been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights, the understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell you stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people towards receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let, and let me heal them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers amongst them, would have given anything to see what we are seeing, to hear what we are hearing, but never had the chance. Study this story of the farmer planting a seed. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes and plucks it right out of the person's heart. This is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. The seed cast on the gravel, this is, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character, and so when emotions wear off and some difficulty arises, there is nothing to show for it. Now these are strong words. When Eugene Peterson unpacks this, but what is Jesus talking about? The stories he told, we often call them parables. Stories with a purpose. And I want to encourage you. Have you got a story to tell? Have you got something to share? Do you know what? In lockdown, some of us might say, Dave, I don't have any stories. I spend most of my time sitting, staring at a screen, talking on a, or feeling locked in and feeling like I'm in prison. Do you know what? I can take you to many places in the Bible where Peter and John and others were imprisoned and they still had stories. They worshipped God in prison. Please, uh, I think there's a fantastic opportunity, even as we're journeying out of lockdown, still in your private place to get closer with God. You know, we've been locked down, we've been shut down, we've been shut in. We're kind of feeling like we want to push the walls out in every direction. And... Uh, you know what? There's been an opportunity to get to know our family better. There's been, a, I, I know it's a bit, it's a bit like a, an interminable Christmas. We're all shoved together. We've all been shoved together for months on end. And some of us feel stifled and want to say, oh, give me some space. I want to get out. I want to go and see some people I haven't seen for a long time. It's coming, friends. It's coming. It's coming. But please, let's not miss the opportunity. I really believe we as individuals, as churches, 
if we haven't been changed through this COVID time, through this lockdown time, then we've missed an opportunity. The clay on the potter's wheel, the finger of God shaping the clay, we should be different as we come out of this. We should be in a deeper relationship with Jesus. We should know our loved ones better. We should know the Bible better. If anybody said, I don't have time to read, you've had time to read. For all those people who haven't had to commute anymore, maybe your commute was your reading time. Okay, I wonder whether your commute disappeared and your reading time disappeared too. And I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing at anybody, I'm just asking some questions. Maybe you used to sit on the train for an hour and you used to spend time reading your Bible every day as you went into whatever city you went into. And now your commute time's gone. What happened to that reading time? Did it disappear? Or did you go and do you now go and sit in the garden and enjoy the birds singing and sit and read your Bible in a bit of sunshine? I want to encourage every one of us, let's grow our own stories by making space, by taking time and spending time with the people that matter. You know, stories can still be creative. I've had some fantastic times over some Zoom calls recently where there's been laughter. There was, there was one call I was on Tuesday this week in the afternoon, and somebody, I can't even remember who said it, somebody said something a bit silly. You know, and then it just rolled, and suddenly everybody, all the, I think there's six of us on the screen, we were all laughing. And a couple of hankies came out because they were laughing so much that tears were coming. You know, joy can still arise even in lockdown. In Isaiah 48, verse 10, he asked this question. Do you see what I've done? I've refined you, but not with, without fire. I've tested you like silver in the furnace of affliction. I don't know whether anybody remembers a young lady coming and speaking here, I think it's nearly two years ago now, Philippa Hannah. She's a mum now. But she talked about, she talked about, uh, I can't remember the Japanese name. It's gone out of my head. I had it prepared. But it's that repair with gold. When you break China, I think it's called Kishinto, but I, I'm not, I know it begins with a K. Um, but it repair with gold. And they would take broken China and they would repair it back together again by sticking it together with gold, making it even more beautiful than that e that existed before. And I want to encourage you, you know, just because we've got scars doesn't mean we're not beautiful. I'll say that again because I sense there are some people on the call today who are listening, maybe even in the room, who think their scars are not beautiful. You know, when we get, we've, been, we've been focusing on resurrection and heaven in our Bible studies uh, throughout these last few weeks. And as we've done that, new heaven and a new earth, a new body. You know, who knows what our scars will look like? And I think about Charlie, bless him, who we've been praying for all week as he went through a big operation on Thursday. And he's coming through. And he has scars. But he's a beautiful boy. He's a beautiful boy. And it's a miracle that he's here. That's the reality. Doctors said uh, uh, to Darren, it's a miracle that he's here. And, and we hear again and again, we hear those words, it's a miracle. And that's the story. Charlie has great stories to tell. Darren and Kathy have great stories to tell because of what God is doing in them and through them. They keep on asking for prayer. And that's great. Because prayer takes us to a story. In Revelation 12, verse 11, you, this, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's been my, and, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives unto death. By the word of their testimony. 
What I can tell you about any story that is your story is you will tell it better than anybody else. Why? Because it's your story, not my story. Whenever you hear somebody, sometimes I do it, I'll tell somebody else's story here from the lectern. I can guarantee it will lose a little bit of life because it's not my story, it's somebody else's story. And when I tell my story, what comes with the words is the experience. Behind in my memory is coming the things that happen. Even as I talked about Mr. O'Connor, I was there sitting at my wooden desk with my inkwell. I was already there, even as I was telling you the story. Now, you wouldn't have seen that, but you might have felt it in the way I told the story, in what I shared, in how I shared it. And so your testimony is your testimony. It comes with power. It comes with authority, because it's your story. It comes with reality, because it's your story. So I want to encourage every one of us, let's grow some stories this week. I don't mean by making them up. I mean by making space so that God can create a story for us this week. God can create a story in us this week. God can create a moment where something happens we want to tell somebody else about. Let me go back to Matthew again. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the earth. Jesus wanted to reveal his father. God wants to reveal himself through you and me. There are plenty of people who have not heard the gospel yet, and they will hear it through you and through me. They will hear it through your story and my story. And it may be only a glimpse of Jesus, but that's all it needs. You may only say a simple thing like, in the moment, I suddenly felt peace. Well, where did that, and somebody will ask you, where did that peace come from? Remember that list of stories that I wrote on my blackboard when I was teaching in Papua New Guinea? Just file them away. Because here's the thing. It's not illegal to share your faith. And I, I'm going there, I'm going this from a global message now. It's not illegal to share your faith if someone asks you a question. If you stand and start preaching at them, okay, in some countries in the world, that is illegal. But you know what? In all those countries, if someone asks you a question and you answer the question, that's okay. Still might put you in prison, but it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so, actually, I want to encourage you. Let's create questions. Because questions will make you tell a story. So if you do something, I'll give you a simple example, just silly, simple examples. Um, I I stood and I held, I I was with a a young man, this is last year sometime, I was with a young man in Egham, and I stood and held the door open. And the first person, this is a shop in in Egham, I stood and held the door, the coffee shop in Egham. I, I stood and held the door open and somebody walked past. They didn't even acknowledge me, they didn't even say thank you, they just walked out. I don't think they even noticed I was holding the door open. And then a couple of people who were chatting then came out, and I could see, so I I continued to hold the door open. And then, um, as I held the door open, um, some more people walked through. And the person who was with me said, why don't you just let the door go and let them open? I said, no, I'm just wanting to bless them. And he then said to me, why do you do that? It's a question. Now I can tell him a story. (laughs) Now I can tell him a story. Do you know what? 
if we don't expose ourselves to other people, if we don't share, and I don't mean that in an inappropriate way, by the way, uh, if we don't expose ourselves to people, if we don't let them see the real us, then they won't see the real Jesus. And that means sometimes, you know, you have to, you know, let's say you get angry, you're driving your car somewhere, and you've got somebody sitting in the passenger seat or sitting in the back seat if you're COVID distancing, and they're sitting in the back seat, and then somebody cuts you up and you, you, you curse or you wave your fist at them or you toot them or, and then you mutter for a while. You might get a question. Maybe it's your grandchild sitting in the back saying, Grandma, Granddad, why did you just say that? Okay, now you've got a story to tell. And this is where you might want to make it up or you might want to be real and say, actually, I was a little angry there. I shouldn't have been angry. And apologize to the... I, do you know, I do it sometimes. I apologize to the driver in front. They can't hear me. I don't even know I'm apologizing, but it's good for me. It's good for me. Matthew 13, 34 and 35, as I bring this to, start to bring this to a close, all Jesus did that day was to tell stories. A long storytelling afternoon. Tell you what, I'd like to have been there. I'd like to have been there, sitting on the floor, listening to Jesus telling stories. That would have been good. Let me go back to my Papua New Guinea days, because um, I told a lot of stories in Papua New Guinea, a lot of stories. One of the privileges I had, and I think I've told you this before, I used to go on medical trips. We used to walk out from the mission station. We'd walk into the bush. We'd walk for a day. We'd stay in a village overnight. Um, and then uh, in the morning, we'd do a medical clinic, and my job was to weigh the babies. But on the night when we were there, of course, we were guests, we were visitors, and everybody wanted to see us. And so often I would be sitting on a, in a house win, a house without walls, and I'd be telling stories. And there would probably be 50, 60, 100 people listening because they'd be sitting in the darkness around the house win. And so you had to raise your voice because you knew that people were listening, and you could hear people translating into the local language. So I want to encourage every one of us. Let's have stories. His storytelling fulfilled the prophecy. I will open my mouth and tell stories. I will bring out into the open things that were hidden since the world's first day. And I want to keep it fresh. And so I'm going to end with this scripture, which is this from Isaiah 43. Behold, I do a new thing. Now, if we put ourselves in a place of faith, place of faith is often a place of risk. I don't mean it has to be physically dangerous, but it might be. But it might be dangerous for you and for me to say something. It might be dangerous to make a statement. Because somebody might ask a question and they might take you to a place where you don't know the answer. You know, we're often fearful. We're often fearful of people asking us questions because we don't know the answer. Do you know what? It's perfectly okay to say, I do not know. And I'll go and find out. There's nothing right. You know, being a Christian doesn't mean we have to have consumed the whole Bible and have a degree in theology. No, all we need to do is to know Jesus is our Savior and to, to put trust in his book and know who God is and turn from who we used to be and walk the way that God wants us to walk. And when we do that, then we can start to create new stories. For behold, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's two pictures that you can carry in your eyes. You could tell a story just about that. 
What kind of wilderness is Jesus talking about there for you? What was being talked about there for you? What wilderness have you been through? Has God made a way? What refreshment did God bring to you in a time of desert, in a time of dryness? No? To be able to experience rivers in the desert, you've got to go into the desert. You know, to, to find a, I mean, I take my dog for a walk every day and I'm walking through the woods and I, do you know what? I found that there are people creating paths in the woods that I walk the dog in. And so I started walking up some of these paths. And these are people, these are, I think they're wood, 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 woodsmen, but they're deliberately chopping down a few trees and putting some wood down and creating the beginnings of a path. And so I walk up this path. I don't know where it's going because I've never walked down it before. But it's excitement. Now, now when I take Teddy for the walk, he comes to the junction. He, I let him choose. I let him choose which way we're going to go. And sometimes he chooses ways I've never been before. Let's go into the place where we find a new story. And so I want to encourage you today to make his story your story. To make Jesus' story your story. So that means taking Jesus with you. Take him into your classrooms. Take him online with you. Take him to work. Take him to a friend. Drop him into a conversation. Don't have to, don't have that, please don't have that agenda. Just allow him to arrive in your story because it's part of your everyday. Because this is what I hope. I hope that this is true so that your story makes his story or his story. How might we do this? Just three little suggestions here. Firstly, tell your story. There are some people who are great at talking. There are some people who are not. I want to encourage you. Have a little story to tell. When somebody asks you how your week was, tell them. Don't just brush it off. They're asking. You know, people are desperate for community. People are desperate for connection. That's one of the reasons why I've kept on um, just sharing the family album every week, before and after the service. I'm just giving people a glimpse, a picture story. A picture story of what's gone on in people's lives this week. And so, t- firstly, tell your story. Secondly, give space, time and energy to creating a fresh story. Not yesterday's story, not stories from years and years and years ago. Although if it's relevant, by all means bring it up. If you find you need to talk about something when you were a child and it's relevant, tell that story. But make sure it's shared with freshness. That's the relevance. That's the now. The, the, the timing of it. And then show someone else. Not only create your own stories, not share your own stories, but also show someone else how to create their own story with Jesus. This will take us straight back to Matthew 28 where Jesus said, go and make disciples. When Jesus says go and make disciples, he doesn't just mean go and teach them, and he says teach them and baptize them, but he particularly says and go and teach them how to make disciples. Because that's where we move from a God of addition, the parable of the sower that I gave you a tiny glimpse of there, to a God of multiplication. If you take, which would you rather have, a sack of rice or a chessboard with grains of rice on it? And in the first square, you get one grain. In the second square, you get two. In the third square, you get four grains. Which would you rather have? A big sack of rice or a chessboard with increasing numbers of rice in the square? Remember I said I was a maths teacher. I'm not going to ask you to work out the maths. 
the answer should be the chessboard, not the track. You end up with a lot more rice because it's multiplication, not addition. Let me pray. Father God, thank you that you sent your one and only son, your precious son, our saviour. You sent him to make history. And we know that to be true because, Lord, we talk about before Christ and Anno Domini, after his birth. Lord, we talk about that's embedded in our history. Every time we talk about what year is it, 2021, 2021 years, A.D., it's embedded in our history. It's embedded every day we write a date down. We're reminding ourselves that it's connected to Jesus. And so, Father, help us to make history. Help us to tell his story, but help us to make it our story too. So, Father, firstly, I pray for those who feel imprisoned, for those who sense the cell doors are shut or, or sense the cell walls. Father, firstly, I want you to bring your keys, your prophetic keys, and unlock whatever needs unlocking. Lord, would you unlock hearts? Would you unlock situations? Would you unlock, uh, unlock fruit, uh, lack of fruitfulness? Lord, would you unlock uh, joblessness? Father, would you unlock hopelessness, Lord? And would you fill those with hope, with purpose, with destiny, and a new story? Father, I pray for new chapters. Lord, we give thanks for this week as, as Nikki started a new job. Lord, it's a new story. It's a new chapter. Father, we thank you that in the last few weeks, Norman's gone back to work, something we prayed about, Lord. Lord, thank you that you're taking him to work on a weekly basis. Father God, thank you for that. Because in those moments, you are creating new chapters of their story. And Father, I pray that you be in their story and that you be in our story too. So open up the doors, unlock us, Lord God, and let us walk in freedom and fullness, we pray. Father, I pray for those who are sick. And Lord, particularly those, not, not just, I don't want to pray for COVID today, Lord, we can do all that. I want to pray for those who haven't done something about the things that have been ca causing them trouble for months and maybe even years right now. Knees that don't work, uh, fingers that have got stuck, aches and pains that have been around for months. Fa Father, would you be the heavenly doctor? Would you come and put your finger where that hurt is and take it away? Lord, would you come and touch those who need a healing empowerment, Lord God? Would you take away infirmity? Lord, would you bring liberty to, to limbs? Lord, would you change body chemistry, Lord God? Father, would you reinvigorate livers and kidneys, Lord God? We pray that in your mighty name. And Father, we give thanks for, for Charlie and Lord, the progress that's been made. We thank you for the surgeons who worked so well on Thursday, Lord God. Father, we pray for a strengthening vital, vitality for Darren and Kathy. Lord, we pray for Charlie and we pray for his complete healing, Father God. Lord, let him have, uh, let, let him be that miracle, Lord, that we said he is, but let him be an even greater miracle with even greater stories, Lord God. We pray for his sisters too, for Megan and Hannah. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that they would know your closeness, your proximity, and generate their own story too. Father, I pray too for those who are lost. Lord, they're in the wilderness. They're in the desert. They can't find a path. Lord, let your light shine. Father, would you bring us along as guides? Would you bring us along as people who just happen to bump into them and take them back on the path? 
and be part of their story because it's then his story. We pray that all in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.